But when Christ died on the cross, his person opened the gates wide open, if you will, for all mankind without exception, for the Jew and Gentile, for whoever calls upon the name of the Lord for salvation. Salvation is granted to those that choose to put their faith in Christ, that repent and convert from all sins, and that choose to live for him. That is the new covenant. Hello and welcome to another message from the Latter Rain Ministries, where we're dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and his truth with the world. Today we'll be talking about the glory of the new covenant. In this life, there are many covenants or agreements, and some are beneficial to us, and some are very one-sided and not very good for us individually. And to every agreement, there are risks. And even though there are words to protect involved parties in an agreement, there's always some faith involved because there are always unknowns to everything. But God offers us a covenant now through the person of Jesus Christ that favors those that choose to live for him eternally. Today's message is inspired on 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 4 to 18. Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, blessing and honor and glory be to your name. Your kingdom come, Lord God, and your will be done on earth as it is done in heaven. Lord, I give you thanks for your love and your grace and your mercy. Heavenly Father, Lord God, I pray for your forgiveness. I pray that you please forgive my sins. I pray, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, that you help us to understand what you have done through your Son, Jesus Christ. Help us to understand the new covenant, the new hope that we have through him. And I give you thanks, O Lord, and I praise you because it depends on your grace and on your mercy and on your love. Help us, O Lord, to understand it and to value it and to live for you. To you be all the honor and the glory and the praise forever and ever. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Today's passage can be found in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 4 to 18. This is the word of the Lord. And we have such trust through Christ toward God, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God, who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. But if the ministry of death written and engraved on stones was glorious so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance, which glory was passing away, how will the ministry of the Spirit not be more glorious? For if the ministry of the condemnation had glory, the ministry of righteousness exceeds much more in glory. For even what was made glorious had no glory in this respect because of the glory that excels. For if what is passing away was glorious, what remains is much more glorious. Therefore, since we have such hope, we use great boldness of speech. Unlike Moses, who put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away, but their minds were blinded. For until this day, the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament because the veil is taken away in Christ. But even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil lies on their heart. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, 
are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So what does this all mean? The first thing we can explain is the concept of the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. The Old Covenant that is mentioned here is mainly the Ten Commandments. That's why the Apostle Paul makes mention of the written and engraved stones, where the Lord wrote with his finger the commandments the people of Israel were supposed to follow. Now, were the commandments bad? Of course not. Did God do something incomplete from the beginning? Absolutely not. Time and process are things to always keep in mind, especially when it comes to the Lord. God does things in a way and in a time that suits him because he has his reasons as to when and how. He doesn't do things just because or arbitrarily. It is impossible to understand the things that God does and the why and when because we are limited creatures. We can barely understand our own existence. So how can we even attempt to understand things on our own that exponentially exceed our limited abilities? We need to remember that He is God and that we are merely men. We don't know what He knows. We haven't experienced what He has experienced. We cannot see the entire spectrum like He does. And we're clearly less capable than He is. The book of Isaiah says this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And so this is where faith comes in. Even though we lack the intellectual ability and background to understand what God does and when, He has given us the ability of faith, which means that we can come to accept what happens even though we cannot understand, based on what we do know and can believe, that He is God, the Almighty God, and that His intentions are holy and good. God is ultimate good. There is no one more good than God. And so knowing those things, we can come to that place of faith where we can accept certain things as they are so that we can learn and accept other things that are vital to us. We should probably dive deeper into the aspect of faith because I am certain that some of you may struggle with this and I can provide the following argument. I think we can all agree that there are many things that happen that are way out of our control and that we don't understand and we not only accept them, but even come to depend on them. One of them is gravity. We can't see gravity, yet we can see its effects. And all of our daily life is predicated on the fact that gravity exists and on its effects. We can explain gravity mathematically and scientifically, but that doesn't mean that man created gravity for this planet. It was there before our existence, so we had nothing to do with it. And I am sure that many of us, including me, does not know the finer details. Yet we depend on gravity, and we even plan for gravity, both instinctively and intentionally. Do we need to know every little thing about gravity in order to depend on it? No. Not that many people have committed to memory everything we know as mankind about gravity. And so, we all possess the ability to have faith in what is invisible, in the things that we know very little of, and yet pull all of our dependence on them. The same is possible with the things of God by virtue that we do see what God has created, what God has done, and how everything continues existing because of His say-so. For it is written, For since the creation of the world, His invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so they are without excuse. Now some might say, I have a hard time accepting God and a lot of things about Him. 
And I would have to say that that is a decision and not because you don't possess the ability to believe in him based on what we just established. And that's up to you. We all have free will and we are all free to choose what we want to accept and believe. But to every decision, there is a consequence. If a person chooses to not want to believe in the Lord and in who he is and in what he does, then they will miss out on all of the things that come along with that faith, such as eternal life, immortality, and salvation. But if a person chooses to accept the things of the Lord and everything he is and does, then they make possible for themselves the things that God offers, such as eternal life, immortality, and the salvation of their souls. When you choose to put your faith in God and on God, on Jesus Christ, you are able to start to understand even the hidden things of God through the ministering of his Holy Spirit and the revelation of his word. We can even come to understand some of the impossible things through him if we choose to believe, if we choose to exercise our faith on him. I'll come back to academics to illustrate the point further. I think that everyone that is listening to this message does not have a problem with accepting that two plus two is four. And by accepting simple things like this, you gain the learning and ability to accomplish more complex things like dealing with larger numbers and subtraction and multiplication and division. And that opens up the opportunities to excel in school and even get a job. Like if a person does not choose to accept that two plus two is four and other simple mathematics like this, then there is no way they can pass first grade or primary grades. And of course, without passing elementary levels, it is highly unlikely that they will even be able to get a job. And even if they were able to get a job, what good is it if they can't even count the money they're paid? How will they even know when someone is stealing from them or playing games with their money? See how that works? The same thing happens when a person refuses to choose to believe in God, in what God does and in who God is. They miss out on everything that depends on him and anyone can come and tell them whatever they want and they won't know how to decipher between the truth and the lie. Satan loves people that choose to ignore the truth, that ignore the Lord and the things related to him because that makes them very easy targets, very gullible people. Now, do you see how that works? Do you understand the impact on your life if you choose to not accept the Lord and his truth, even those things that you cannot fully understand yet? Faith is an incredible thing, but it needs to be applied on the appropriate things so you can gain the greatest benefit. If you choose to put your faith on anything outside of the Lord, then you are taking a huge gamble because you are ultimately betting on things that are fallible, untruthful, and temporary. You are ultimately depending on Satan's lies and deceit. And we are even told through the passage we read at the beginning that if we put our faith in Christ, then the veil that exists is taken away. We can start to see things much more clearly through the Lord, through the Holy Spirit he grants to dwell within us when we adopt genuine faith in him and through the revelation of the scriptures. The words in the Bible start making sense as a person that is converted to Christ begins to study them, to learn them. Now, what is this new covenant that the passage mentions? God made a way of salvation through the person of his only begotten son, through the Lord Jesus Christ. Before Christ, there was no salvation. Even for those that did have faith in the Lord, the Bible mentions a place in hell that was called Abraham's bosom. And that was like a paradise compartment, if you will, in hell where those that put their faith in the Lord would go after dying. When Jesus died on the cross and shed his blood as the God sacrifice, the perfect and eternal sacrifice that would not just cover or atone for our sins like the animal sacrifices of old, but rather wash away our sins, 
cleanse our sins for all eternity. That sacrifice made heaven a possibility. When Jesus rose from the grave, all of the souls in Abraham's bosom, including Abraham himself, was taken out of that place in hell and into the heavenly places. That place no longer exists because it was temporary. It is no longer necessary. Now through Christ, a person can gain complete access into heaven. Both Jew and Gentile now have complete access to heaven through the person of Jesus Christ. We as the Gentiles were excluded from the promises of Israel. But when Christ died on the cross, his person opened the gates wide open, if you will, for all mankind without exception, for the Jew and Gentile, for whoever calls upon the name of the Lord for salvation. Salvation is granted to those that choose to put their faith in Christ, that repent and convert from all sins, and that choose to live for him. That is the new covenant. That is the new deal we have from God through the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is what the scriptures say in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 to 10 about this new covenant. And you he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up together, and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. What an amazing thing we receive through Christ through this new covenant. When a person has not yet made the decision to repent and convert from their sins and taken on Jesus Christ as the Lord of their lives, they are still in enmity with God. They belong to someone else, whether they like it or not. But even though we were all his enemies, because we willfully sinned against him, he still chose to love us. And God sent his only begotten son to die for us, to give us the hope of salvation, to change our destiny from eternal death and hell to eternal life and heaven. And he chose to do this. There was no obligation. He didn't have to do this. He elected to love his creation rather than destroy it completely and start over. That is what grace is all about. For it is written, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And so when a person does choose to come to Christ by completely surrendering to him, when they put their complete faith on him, they escape the coming wrath of God. They are no longer part of Satan's evil kingdom. They come to form part of God's kingdom and have the hope of eternal life and eternal reward. And this is the best anyone could ever give us. When we choose to put our faith in Christ, we have everything to gain and nothing to lose. This is something that is important to keep in mind. And for those that are still teetering in their decision for the Lord, God is love, but he is also holy and just. 
Just because God loves mankind and is giving the opportunity for salvation does not mean that it is an offer that will be there always for people to reject. There will come a time when that offer will expire, if you will. And the grave truth is if a person doesn't make the decision to belong to Christ, then logically, they still belong to Satan and are under the power of their own sin. And this is what the Word of God tells us. He who believes in the Son has everlasting life. And he who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. And it is also written, He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. And so it is very clear that those who still choose to not accept and or reject the Lord Jesus Christ, the only way to salvation, that they are all in a very dangerous position. If a person dies without belonging to the Lord Jesus Christ, there is only one destination left for them, and that is hell. Being eternally separated from God and everything that belongs to God. This is the why the word also gives us this advice. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. There is a limit to God's grace and the window of opportunity that he gives to be a part of this covenant. You never know when your time will come. It may be 50 years from now or it may be five minutes from now. You never know. So what will happen to you when your time comes? Where will you spend eternity? Will you remain being a part of Satan's dominion? Or will you choose to belong to Christ and be under the safety and security of his lordship? Forever is a very long time. I would encourage you to make a decision to come to Christ and to take advantage of this new covenant, this new deal that God offers so graciously to the Lord Jesus Christ to live for him so that you can have the eternal hope that only He can give. I know that there are certain things that are not easy to understand within the things of God, and that there is a lot of noise, if you will, in the world that attempts to put a haze to all of this. But if you give the Lord a chance, if you do put your faith and trust in Him and only on Him, if you turn away from your sins, from those things that keep you away from God, that ultimately will destroy you if you let them. You can find a new hope in Christ. You can find eternal life in Him. You can genuinely belong to God. It doesn't matter what you've done wrong. God is not terribly concerned over the wrong things you have done. You may have done dreadful things, things that you think that are unforgivable, but His grace is incredible and immense. What he cares about is that you turn away from all your sins, that you repent and convert with all of your heart to them and accept the Lord Jesus Christ as the effective and literal Lord of your life. After all, how can you ever belong to God if you never give yourself over to him? This is the reality that most people seem to miss. Most people think that you are a child of God by simply being born into this world, but that is not true. The Bible says this, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. And so we are not born children of God. We are God's creation, but we are free to choose to whom we want to belong to. So the only way you become a legitimate child of God 
is by receiving the Lord Jesus Christ, by putting your complete faith and trust in Him. God respects us to the point that He gave us free will, the ability to choose. And love, there is always choice. He is not going to force anyone, like He is not going to take onto Himself anyone that does not want to be with Him, that does not want to belong to Him or be under His Lordship. Someone might say, so if you don't give yourself to God, then He punishes you? And the answer is no. When a person is rejecting the only way to be saved, they are choosing for themselves where they're going to spend eternity. Think of it like this. If we somehow found the cure for cancer, and you have cancer, and someone offers you this cure for your cancer and you refuse to take it, who is condemning who to die in this? Is the person offering the cure condemning the person that is refusing to take the cure? Of course not. The person that is rejecting the cure is condemning themselves to die because they're choosing to not take the cure. That is the same thing that happens with the Lord. We are the ones that need salvation. And the only way to salvation is through the Lord Jesus Christ. But if a person rejects the only way to salvation that they have, is that then God's decision to condemn them? Aren't they condemning themselves? And so, choose for Christ if you still haven't made a decision for Him. He is the only way for salvation. He is the only way your sins can be forgiven. He's the only way you can have a beginning with no end. Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, blessed be your name. Thank you for your love and your mercy and your grace. Thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ, Lord God, for the hope of salvation that we have through him. Thank you for the gift of salvation. Thank you for the cross. Heavenly Father, Lord God, help us to understand what you are offering us. You are offering us eternal life through Jesus Christ. You are offering us the forgiveness of all of our sins. You're offering us an eternal hope, something that no one or nothing else can give us here in this world. Help us to understand that. Help us to value that, Lord God. I pray, Heavenly Father, if there are people that have yet to make that decision, I pray that they may be able to make that decision very soon or right now, that they might repent from all of their sins, they might ask you to forgive them and that they might believe with all of their heart and might confess with their mouth that Jesus is the Lord of their lives and that they belong to him. I pray, Heavenly Father, for people like this. I pray that they might be able to come to you before it's too late. Thank you, O Lord, for your love and your mercy. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Please join us again next time as we look into God's Word together. And if you have any questions or just need some prayer, please email us through our website. If you want to listen to other messages, you can go to our website or look for our podcast in the Apple iTunes Store under The Latter Rain Ministries to subscribe. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. The Lord is near. May God bless you.